3: just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
1: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 234, Episode 2 of
3: The Daily Guys,
1: A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, April 26, 2022, uh, which of course means that it is National Pretzel Day. Oh, Making uh, me thirsty. Making me thirsty, uh, indeed. You, you like pretzels? I do. I yeah. love pretzels. I like a pretzel crisp. I like a pretzel, Soft a bacon. small pretzel. I'm not as big on the big, fat, uh, doughy uh, oh. street street pretzels of just Philadelphia dip that in that, some
0: uh, some like molten cheese. No? Yeah, I, th- oh, I think baby. I,
1: I ate too many of them without enough cheese or anything except mustard and oh uh, right, uh, but yeah, yeah I'm I, just I'm not I'm not real Philly. I've never claimed to be real Philly, you know. Okay, well, um, you know, it's funny that I would hey, all, get off I my have, back. All right, man, I'm I, not real Philly. <laughs> Jesus, holy shit, dude!
0: I just asked about putting What The fuck? Uh, I I remember just like the first time I would have them. You know, like it's like. You, 80s snack style snack stand always had to have that like rotating yeah. fucking glass thing with like dried up pretzels on them with like salt chunks the size of fucking like tennis balls on them uh but all those are always so like dry and not fresh that for the longest time i'm like man if that's what a fucking pretzel is fuck that until i had like a proper one i was like okay no this I like this. I like
1: Pretzel. Yeah. And I don't want to shout out the company that probably lobbied to make this a national National pretzel day, but Auntie Anne's, I think, still. You
0: think Auntie Anne's is behind it?
1: Probably. I mean, Not what other gold? massive corporation? Yeah, I guess Wetzel. gold. Wetzel. Wetzel, even? Wetzel. Big Wetzel. Um, <laughs> What's up, Big Wetzel? I do, I I do love, uh, love an Auntie Anne's. So I'm sure a lot of people don't think I'm real. real pretzel gang, but... Fuck Look, it. Don't worry. I'm fine with that.
0: Don't worry. Hey, I'm not going to pull your card.
1: Uh, anyways, my name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Earth Day was the worst day. Now I hit bamboo when I'm thirsty. as courtesy <laughs> of Walter Chestnut. Uh, <laughs> talking about those soggy-ass <laughs> paper straws. Um, wow. Clever, yeah, yeah. clever. Well done, Walter Chestnut. Hi, and Walter. I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Oh, we
0: you, I smell just like Little Caesars. Uh Oh, (laughs) drop my pizza on the floor. I don't care about that shit anyway. I'm too high for that. All right. Uh, Shout out to Grand Rapidian Willie on the Discord who attached this uh, wonderful AKA with the Weezer Blue album, but... They're dressed up like they work at Little Caesars, and Little Caesars mascot is in it, and it says Caesar instead of Weezer.
1: Damn. I um,
0: appreciate that. I appreciate Some that.
1: Some art direction coming with AKs. Yeah, it was um. a
0: lot of textures. You know, it's more than just words. It's, it's a feeling. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a multiverse, if you will.
1: Was that a reference to a, an event from your life dro- dropping the pizza and still eating no, it? No,
0: I think maybe this meme inspired it. They know I love Little Caesars, you know, I like pan loco, you know I'm down with my crazy bread all the mm-hmm. time. So, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not mad. And also I love Buddy. I love the Buddy Holly track. I love that track. Mm.
1: The love guitar track. solo?
0: It's really just that one lick. going, <laughs> That
1: shit. <Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-kay>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow um <laughs> i mean it is a good it is a good part i just you i don't usually get that energy from you over a track that like is you know mainstream oh you should get that jack
0: yeah. if you could have seen me in 07 guitar hero came out i'm playing my name is jonas on uh-huh. fucking expert i'm like i have tears in my eyes and you're like <laughs> dude this guy's fucking up bad yeah. right now <laughs>
1: Uh Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat uh, by one of our favorite all-time TDZ guests, yeah, a very yeah, funny yeah. stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, producer. Her stand-up album, Opinion Cave, debuted at number one on iTunes, and That's her podcast, true. Lady to Lady, is just one of the best out there. She's performed everywhere, from a basement in Kentucky to the stages of the Kennedy Center. Please mm. welcome the talented and hilarious Brandy Posey! Brandy!
4: Ooh, hey guys, I've cool. been quietly sitting here just like they're talking about pretzels. They're talking about so many things I have opinions about, but I'm gonna cool. be a good guest. And then I just yelled Wetzel and I broke <laughs> I broke my, my <laughs> professionality. That's I was like, cool. no one's saying Wetzel. I, I'm here for the people at home that are Wetzel heads. I just want to do get it in there are you
0: big wetzer wetzel head
4: I love I love I love all soft pretzels so so I went to I actually went to college in Philly I'm from Maryland originally went to college in Philly and I went to film school and I catered all of my films all my film sets by because I couldn't sleep the night before shooting anything so at four in the morning every day I would go to like one of the soft pretzel factories and get a giant box of soft pretzels for like five dollars and just like a big thing of mustard and like that was the only food on my sets in college Holy <laughs>
0: shit, but that's and
4: it was not legit. bad a
0: fresh bo- fresh case of pretzels. yeah,
4: fresh case of pretzels because you could go straight to the factory at like right when they were making them. And it was just this old, weird factories in Philly that just smelled like soft pretzels right and, like a, a little old man, like the one old man that made the pretzels would just like open this door if you knocked at the right time and he'd just bring you a big old like cardboard box of pretzels.' It's, like, the most philly I've ever felt in my life,
1: <laughs> and this- yeah do you do you feel like they are superior to other soft pretzels like yes. my dad who's from philly grew up in philly will like if we're near uh mm-hmm. anywhere near philly he wants to he wants to stop through and pick up uh, an inordinate number of soft pretzels
4: i think if you're getting them right when they are fresh then they're they're unbeatable but, right. you know, they also, because they don't have a lot of preservatives in them and stuff like they, they do get funky pretty quickly over yeah, the right. course of a day. Right. So, you know, if you can get them like hot off the presses, it's a great pretzel. Otherwise, an Andy Ann's or a Wetzel because they just like dunk that shit in butter. And yeah, I mean, you really fine. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm here <laughs> for is the, uh, just yeah. sopping most, in butter.
4: Most bread of any kind dunked in butter. I'm pretty good with. I like like a uh, Olive Garden breadstick. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all perfect. Pan bon loco,
0: we're all, we we're all, we're all come, we all come from the same tree. I didn't realize Philadelphia, yes. the average Philadelphian consumes about 12 times as many pretzels as the national average. Damn.
4: That, mm. tr- that tracks. <laughs> that, I that mean, yeah, if you're like,
0: silly. what time is it? Four? All right, hit the, hit the fucking fresh spot real quick. Have that oh, for yeah. my set food. Yeah, it makes sense. Huh?
4: Yeah, mm. I mean Philly is like doesn't mess around. You got you got great pizza, you got great cheesesteaks, you got pretzels there, you got right. Rosie's. It's just there's What do you think
0: if okay, so Philadelphia they probably eat more pretzels. What do you think New Yorkers eat more pizza than pizza, the national
4: sure, average? Probably pizza. Although I feel like I've, what, had, I've had more halal I've had more halal than uh than pizza in New York I think yeah more street <laughs> okay.
1: meat than yeah. is yeah. both uh you know common in America and also advisable by the <laughs> national uh yeah street meat association <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah 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 and then, there like mm, yeah. no 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 mm-hmm.
4: yeah and then street tacos out here probably right I feel like yeah, LA, yeah
0: I mean that feels like Mexico something though. just in general because our tacos yeah. are so good like yeah. passively you can just it's it's not an offensive meal.
1: Mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. All right, Brandy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Oh, First, uh we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today, such as uh, we're just going to do a, a little mega heat check grab bag check-in mm-hmm. with um all the all the popular characters. Um <laughs> we are going to take a look at the CNN Plus uh clusterfuck like that, you know, just fell apart so fast. Like it fell apart like a unsheathed Philadelphia uh, pretzel. That's, you know, just <laughs> you went know, right? bad yeah. within days. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, the multiverse. Why are, why are people, have you guys heard about this thing? Have you seen this? The not multiverse. in the movie. <laughs> One version of myself has heard about it.
4: Yeah, there you go. Um,
1: all the other multiverses are have seen it and are over it. We're we're behind the curve, I think. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh Broadway, Broadway, uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Brandy, we do like to ask our guest what is something from your search history?
4: Um, so. Uh, the new, the newest season of, of Forged in Fire has dropped episodes on Hulu. Okay. And there's a new host, uh, controversially a new host for the first time in seven, eight seasons. Second host of all time on the show. His name is Grady Powell. And I didn't know who the hell this man was because I loved the old host because he was a horrible host. And <laughs> to the point he had zero charisma to the point that he was extremely charismatic by the end because he just like... Was so bad at it, and this new guy has too much confidence to fall into that category. Right. Um. So I just needed to know who the hell this guy was. Turns out he's a former Green Beret. So I am scared of him. But uh,
1: <laughs> not nah, talk that shit. Let let him yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, Look, they Grady seem stable.
4: You got zero catchphrases. You're yelling at people like we're still in the army. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. You're on forged in fire.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. Former Green Beret.
4: Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot all the other because all the other like the judges are very fun and like sweet, but he just comes in with this like drill instructor attitude and I'm just like not here for it. And I'm going to give him a season to see what happens. But like it's that that is my favorite show on TV. Um, So it's very hard for me to like have changes happen to my favorite thing. So whatever. I just went down a wormhole on him just to be like, all right, who the hell is this guy? Why are you the host? Why didn't I get this job? Forged in Fireheads, if you're listening petition me to be the next host when grady is ultimately fired for war crimes Um,
0: (laughs) right exactly like so yeah how was that tour in iraq you did as a green beret
4: uh don't recall that that that. part though
0: (laughs) right
1: so the the previous host is who i'm more uh interested (laughs) in what was their name what was their background were they just like a real homemade (laughs) sword head and like well
4: no will willis also had some sort of i think he was a, a rescue guy um Damn. so yeah like they, they always have like somebody that's like former military hosting it but oh like para- yeah
0: i remember yeah this guy yeah. was perfectly non-memorable yeah. for a show that was really about making fucking swords
4: yeah a perfect just a, a perfect weird little avatar and then he always had bad hair and right. uh, it was just really beautiful just to see him just not know how to like riff with the judges and it was very endearing <laughs> because he was just uncharismatic <sighs> Right, and this right, guy, right. he is also uncharismatic, but he's like yelling at you the whole time. And I'm just not, I'm not here for that. Cause Forged in Fire, you think is going to be like a toxic bro show, but it's actually breaking down those barriers because that show was all about like guys that like make knives separately coming together and meeting more people and forging friendships and knives at the same time. And mm-hmm. no one's Their ever friendship upset. friendship is
1: Forged in Fire. Forged exactly. in Friendship. Yeah. That's, mm.
4: that's what the forge was forging the whole time. Uh. um And it's just very sweet to see people that could be school shooters just finding a craft that they're really into (laughs) instead. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, For the potential of a career on QVC later on.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Exactly.
1: I mean, they, I'm, I'm looking on a media outlet that wants to tell me the real reason Will Willis isn't on this season. But it was it just they were like, "Yo, man, your hair is too weird," and like <laughs> your your I vibes think, are all all fucked up.
4: I think during quarantine, his wife had a baby, and he wants to go be a dad. And hit, whatever, they live in like Arrowhead, Mazel tov, have fun.
5: Yeah, but sure. I do
4: miss him, and I do think a lot of people want him to come back. So. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how much they pay attention to the fans.
0: <laughs> I like his it's he's his, his, his hairstyle's like one where it's like he doesn't pay attention to the fact that his yeah. hair is growing. Yes, and then every now and then he's like, "What the fuck's <laughs> going on with this? Oh, I gotta, I gotta go to a red carpet event. What the heck?" And then he shows up looking like that, and you're like, "Wow!" Cool. Which is so
4: funny because he literally has hair and makeup every day, but they just—I'm <laughs> <Right? laughs> like, "You have a perfect. You, you you're the host of a TV show. Somebody right, right. powders your face, and nobody says doing? anything about this yeah. hair."
0: <laughs> What's happening in the trailer? Is it like trying to yeah. get like a six-year-old ready for church where they're like, and yeah. hey, you got to do your hair? And like, nah, just <laughs> like <laughs> smearing it back. You're like, do. fuck, whatever. Go like that then. Exactly. Oh, man.
4: Also, Will Willis is just like a name that sounds like made up completely. Like
1: Will Willis it's is not a name. in the best yes. way.
4: Yeah, it's perfect. The Will
1: only has one L. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs>
4: yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, Jack, can you handle it? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I can. But my I'm man still, has one L. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but two in the in the last name. So yeah. that's it. He doesn't want you to get confused because no. well, he's not trying to fr- freak us out. <laughs> no.
0: You
4: can't have four L's in your two names. That yeah, becomes yeah, too yeah. much. I mean, Come his parents had knew what was going on.
1: <laughs> yeah. It does like because it only has the one L in the first name. It does seem like he just like messed up writing his last name and then tried <laughs> again because yep. yeah he just like couldn't get the momentum going right mm-hmm. um,
0: or or will Willis is the real war crimer between him and Grady Powell and they're like what's yeah. your name fella will uh, Willis <laughs> yes indeed. I would like to audition for this job.
1: <laughs> I definitely exactly. uh, uh, strongly prefer Will Willis over Grady Powell using the infallible technique of just Google image searching them and yep. looking at the first, like, 10 pictures that come up. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Grady Powell just looks... He's got, like, a real Captain America vibe. And, yeah. like, that, that show's already, like, pretty rah-rah. Will Willis feels like he got out of the army or whatever the hell you get out of for pararescue. Right. And he just, like... Got like, uh, grew out his hair, moved to Lake Arrowhead, smokes like a little bit of weed sometimes, right, just yeah. a little bit. Like, he feels like he just little, gets into it a little bit. He like has friends that have been to Burning Man, yeah, but yeah, he has yeah. never been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, get Grady Powell's like the kind of person where like women in middle America can't believe that a guy that handsome is like a fascist or racist. Yes. You know, like him? No. He's like mm-hmm. so handsome.
4: Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 that's,
0: that's like, that's going to be the next yeah. wave of faces you're going to see to try and make this
1: thing look normal.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What is, uh, <laughs> what's
1: something you think is overrated?
4: Um, uh, When you go to a convenience store and you look where just the Reese's cups used to be, mm. Reese's <laughs> has taken over. And I think all of the Reese's B-sides, they're all overrated. Just the OG Reese's cup. Every new version that's got nuts, you're putting pretzels in the cup, you're putting potato chips in the cup. You got all these different versions. Love that one. I mean, they're good. Some of them are very good, but the quality in the OG cup has gone down. And I just wish that Reese's had more confidence in itself. Like I wish the Reese's had the confidence of a peppermint patty that has just not changed in a hundred years. But they keep throwing all this different stuff out like there's like there's a reese's version of a kit kat there's a reese's version of like a snickers and they're never as good as the other ones but i just wish like they kept the quality up of the og cup so
1: yeah. york peppermint patty famously tried the uh, york peppermint patty with uh two with toothbrush particles in there and it, it did not go uh, over <laughs> Wait, very what? well people what weren't telling yeah <laughs> um that wasn't just, a like, thing <laughs> you're right, Miles, that was not a thing I, In my mind, I believed it Because it
0: <laughs> felt like some shit from the early 90s That we would have been like, I oh, don't know And it cleans your teeth, too I think they try like, and
1: draw attention away From the fact that they uh, mimic the, you know Feel, the tactile, uh, and the taste of, of toothpaste I still love York peppermint patties Guys,
0: you know, you're right, though there, there's Reese's, is they're it's doing too, too much. much
4: It's
1: too
0: much It's, it's it's kind of freaking me out. It's this yeah. is what this is what CNN did with CNN Plus. Exactly.
4: They, they exactly. kept fucking
0: like it wasn't enough that you had <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. You wanted to fucking make. I just put it in the link. You can look like if you were buying some shit off the website. The just the Reese's takes five Reese's marshmallow top mm-hmm. big cup. Oh yeah, these suck. Like, yeah, I like the chip one. I really like the chip one. But I, I like, like it chip because like we're adding.
1: We're adding Shout out to pretzel
0: right exactly, uh, and this isn't even branded. But like, we're even like we're adding to the original with that. Mm-hmm. But then when you got these, like, why do I need to eat a thin one?
1: For yeah. what? I've had the white chocolate ones because they take up approximately half of the ones in the uh, Easter egg mm-hmm. uh, bag that I have. And I've never, I've never been glad. like, they're, they're good. They're better than most other candies. They're not as good as the regular chocolate one. Right. And I'm never no. tired of the regular chocolate one to no. to a degree where I'm no. like, give me something uh, that's not as good.
0: They've Just got yeah. me to the point where I even look at the organic ones with disdain. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck invited you?
1: Yeah. I, I'm okay with the seasonal shapes because it is. That's fine. Everybody's got yes. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I totally that. get that.
4: I like I actually think that the like the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is better on the seasonal shapes. Yeah. But um oh, okay. yeah. See? I, I do. I think like I think the the Reese's Easter egg is a perfect candy. Um I think it's good. I like how thin the chocolate is on it. I, the peanut butter feels fresher cuz they make them only once a year.
0: Right, right, right. Um
4: but yeah, it's like all these other things. I'm like how about you focus on being the best peanut butter cup or seasonal shape that you can be? I don't need you to like I, I don't need all these other weird, like, take fives and all sorts of different bars that make no sense. This whole section that's just orange at the store, I'm against it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: It just feels like somebody's like, it feels like Mr. Reese's died and he had like 50 horrible children and
0: each
1: child. <laughs> they all got a chance. Yeah,
4: <laughs> exactly. And they're all worse. They're all worse than the original.
0: Because I'm trying to find, like, you, who referenced the New York Peppermint Patty?
4: I, I did. Y-
0: yeah. Because yeah. they're they're owned by Hershey's as well. And I mm-hmm. wonder if they if Hershey's is like, that's the nasty step kid. Reese's is the one who graduated honors. So we're gonna take you to take your other classes, fast break <laughs> class, kick cat class. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have a really great child right there who's consistently yes. just doing it. And mm. we're not giving any shine to York. I yeah, see.
4: exactly. York was never the problem child and has just been steadily just on a roll this entire time. And guess what? York's going to turn out okay. York yeah. doesn't need the family. York gets to stop yeah. coming home eventually.
1: Yeah. You're, You're fucking York, up yeah. the, the firstborn with yeah. all this attention and all the trying different things and not letting Reese's just be Reese's. Yes, uh, exactly. I, I'm now in my head about whether I'm pronouncing that and right. And like,
0: but. yeah, and like that one scene where York comes home for Christmas begrudgingly, and there's still all this attention being paid to Rhesus, and like York's just outside smoking a cigarette. Rhesus is like, man, it's real tough in there. And then York's <laughs> like, do you ever just wish like mom and dad would just let you be you? And he's like,
2: every day, dude, every day. Mm.
0: And that's who Rhesus became. I blame E. T. You know, that's where that's where things became. I think they've they just soared to new heights with E. T. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There,
1: the Reese's page does not have a single pieces on it. A single piece. Uh, oh. There is no evidence of Reese's pieces. I don't know if this is because no. Yeah, the filter that we have on the on the search that Miles just sent through the chat is just Reese's candy, mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing a single pieces. Um, so
0: what the fuck?
1: The, That's the, ridiculous. The York not even thing, if you load more. I, I will just say if you put anything in a York. It would be gross. Like that that I don't mind that they're trying things out. Like just just get over it. Like figure out which one works and get over it quickly. York, if you put York, I think what I was trying to get at before, if you put York with like pretzel bits or, uh, or
4: no, no 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 no. Right.
1: Like you guys like it's like the thing that comes out of your mouth after you brush your teeth if you've eaten yeah, that, right. Eaten pretzels or if you brush your teeth with these pretzels. Chips. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um what is something that you think is underrated?
4: Uh I think postcards are underrated. I think that uh you love them whenever you get one, but you that's don't true. we don't send them enough and mm-hmm. I think that it's it's a cheaper stamp. You don't have to get too in depth on a postcard, but they make everybody's day and I think that more people should be postcarding.
1: Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great call.
4: Yeah, it's an easy cheap way to be like, hey, thinking of you. Yeah. Um and it's also like it's just it's just a nice it's just a nice thing to do.
0: It connects. It connects. Yeah. And I think to your point like it's probably w- maybe one of the most efficient ways of communicating in terms of what the like cost is to you to send the postcard, but mm-hmm. then also the heightened effect of someone receiving something that is handwritten mm-hmm. is like whenever i get something handwritten i'm like oh my god
4: i know
2: <laughs> you fucking <It's>, wrote this <laughs>
4: it's very touching it's very very touching and so, something yeah. i've been doing because i have I, I live on i live in la now my family's in, in maryland uh i have a niece that's like two and a half and every time i travel anywhere now i send her a postcard and she has like a box of Aww, like nice. postcards for me Damn. that so like someday eventually, because it's like i don't know when i'm 50 is when she'll give a shit maybe (laughs) (laughs) but am i still gonna be doing cool shit when i'm 50 i hope so but like it's gonna be different cool shit
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know you sometimes see like little kids who are really into you know their cool aunt or uncle so that's yeah keep doing that that's so that's so awesome i do not do that i am not a good uncle but uh, (laughs) impressed uh, oh thank
4: you. you Trying my best. It was so funny. I started, and she was she was born like six months before uh, the pandemic started. And I was like, ah, oh, traveling all over the place, sending you stuff. And then.
0: <laughs> Here's another one. Here's
1: one from the kitchen. Here's yes. one from Los
0: Feliz. Check yeah. that out. Uh, exactly. Went to GML's. Pretty cool sandwich place. All right. What else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And funny. then she'll look back and she'll be like, these are my postcards from my aunt Brandy, who led the Home Depot 12-foot skeleton revolt. Against you, you. General Posey, (laughs) yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The proletarian skeleton, skeleton.
1: We should, uh, the skeleton. We need to say it's one of the most efficient ways of communicating until Mm -hmm. now. We have not seen what Elon Musk is going to do with Twitter yet, now that he owns it. So, Mm um, you know, wait, stay up. tuned on that one. We'll see if he can beat the postcard. But holy shit, that's uh, depressing. <laughs> and also, you were talking before we started recording mm-hmm. about Skeleton Easter. Yes. Um, I, like an, Like an idiot, didn't know what that was. Um, can, you, can you explain what, what Skeleton Easter is?
4: Okay, of course. So um, I'm the proud owner of a 12-foot skeleton. Uh, It took me two years to get it. Home Depot, 12-foot skeleton. Uh, Fuck Home Depot. But I did buy a 12-foot skeleton from them, and I regret it zero days of my life for the rest of my life. Um, I love it. It is still up right now in my backyard um, (laughs) because I'm also part of a 12-foot skeleton Facebook group. And everybody that's in it, we've been (laughs) goading each other on to keep them up year-round and keep dressing them up for different holidays. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> what?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. My skeleton uh, is currently... Uh, it has a... I went to the... Do- so, also, my um med- art medium for dressing the skeleton are dollar store tablecloths. Mm-hmm, uh, okay. That's that's what I work in. Um, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so currently my skeleton also has so I went to the dollar store last month and um they had like a, a chair cover that was a bunny rabbit. And I took it and I cut it off and it's the perfect size for his head and then I put fake blood around it. So my <laughs> skeleton is wearing a rabbit head on his head. Wow. Um, with a tiny Easter basket in his hand, and it's very fun. Um, oh. But we've all, there's lots of lots of people that de- decorated and dressed up their skeletons for Easter, and it's really been pissing off the neighbors and the HOAs around the country. And it's really beautiful to see, like, Karens being radicalized for good. Um, yeah. And it's one of the few places online that actually gives me hope about the future, because people <laughs> right. are learning to have empathy for people on the other side of the country from each other, that... Might have a lot of differences, but they do both have twelve foot skeletons. And at the right. end of the day, aren't we all just skeletons in the first
0: place? Seriously, yeah. yeah. So really, physical manifestations of our inner experience.
4: Yeah, I just love that the the 12-foot skeleton became popular during COVID because just like it's it's literally just like a large looming figure of death above us. Right. That, yeah. You know, it's just fun to look at every day and he winks at you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in the
1: in the Black Death wasn't like all the art was like skeletons and like grim mm-hmm. reapers and shit like that and people were wearing those weird plague masks. Uh Oh yeah. And Now we got uh, 12-foot skeletons, because that's all we can... Yeah. Yep. Yep, they're great. I love them. It's better than what they had, by the way, I should note. Uh, It's fucking (laughs) cool, because uh, those skeletons, you'll note, were not 12 feet tall, uh, whereas yours is 12 feet tall, (laughs) so... He's 12
4: Precisely. feet. He can also put his hands in the air so that he's more like 16 feet at that point because oh, he has very long yeah. arms. And early, when I first got my skeleton, he came with two left arms by accident. And then on the 12 foot skeleton Facebook group, I found a man that lived, an old man that lived in, in Minnesota who had two right hands. His skeleton came with two right hands. Swappers? And then we connected and we swapped. And
0: oh. uh,
1: it,
4: just, it just brought us both together. It was God very sweet. Damn it.
0: Maybe there yeah. is hope.
4: I think it's possible.
1: Was there any part of you that was tempted to have your skeleton depicting the risen Christ? Like, was, was that too, too spicy?
4: I thought about it but i i did but yeah my like uh my my uh, park manager would not have been down (laughs) but down and i'm thankful she hasn't she loves the skeleton she's named the skeleton jolene and i was like all right um so i'm trying not to like i don't want her to like have a problem with it i think she keeps being like okay maybe it'll come down now and i'm like
1: no (laughs) it's stonewall yeah no no she's
4: he's up to stay baby (laughs) right
1: all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do a quick mega heat check.
0: you like to watch new stuff, right? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump.
4: Just
3: being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters
5: May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
1: And we're back. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, we're the Meg has been in the news for various reasons. We got the Mar- Marjorie Taylor don't Green trial we got uh, some fundraising uh, figures as we as we enter the midterms uh, so miles just a, a real quick heat check our man our political uh, you know, or expert, what what's going on? What <laughs> happened? The
0: uh, sure, well, uh, this is these are the things I saw while uh, scrolling on my phone on the toilet this week, um, <laughs>
4: which is where Ma- you should see all of your MAGA news, I think.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, you, if you're not defecating while consuming that news, you there's it's a it's a net negative for your body, I believe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we got a lot going on. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think we touched on it on Friday's trending episode. She was having she was in an administrative administrative hearing to determine whether or not she's able to run for office under the thing we've talked about, even for Madison Cawthorn and a few other people, part of the 14th amendment, you know, Mm -hmm. saying if you're, Hey, if you fuck around and participate in an insurrection, you're, you're going to be barred from holding office. Um, The whole time she was at this hearing, it was just very interesting to see her normally be like so aggressive and have this like chest out persona of like, I'm fucking nasty, man. Watch Mm -hmm. me do these pull-ups motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And then in a hearing, Suddenly you're like the like affected, like sort of sickly mob boss. Like, I don't recall. I don't recall ever. I don't recall. My name is Marjorie Taylor green was like almost the level of, uh, um, uh, ignorance she was trying to uh, plead. And, you know, it, it was, it was very funny to watch this performance go down, except for at times when like she was asked a direct question, started being coy and then realized, oh wait, maybe I forgot that, Everything I've said and done in the last like five years has been recorded. Maybe I shouldn't lie right now. Um, So I just want to play this clip, too, where she's being real coy about, you know, because, again, what they're trying to say is, you know, she had a hand in getting this crowd riled up in to participate in the in the insurrection whether that's like from the day the election happened or in between this has always been the thing she's always been using this very aggressive (laughs) rhetoric and one of the things they're pointing out is i mean you called speaker pelosi a traitor well i mean depends on who you ask right
4: yeah
5: um miss green you've had your disagreements with speaker pelosi isn't that right
4: Not sure what you
5: mean. You've had political disagreements with her. You don't agree with some of the things she's done in her career, right?
4: Politically speaking, that would be correct. Right. You don't agree with a lot of things she's done, right? Politically speaking, that would be correct.
5: In fact, you think that Speaker Pelosi is a traitor to the country, right?
4: Uh, You're. I'm not answering that question. It's speculation. you've, You've
1: said
5: that, haven't you, Ms. Green? That she's a traitor to the country. No, I haven't said that. Okay. Put up Prince Exhibit 5, please. Oh, no,
4: wait. Hold on now. <laughs> I believe... by <why> not? <laughs> <laughs> Suck it.
0: Wow.
4: <laughs>
0: oh, 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 do I think Speaker Pelosi is a fucking traitor? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Okay. My bad. Yes. I said because she was okay with people who were seeking asylum entering the country that that was true. So that was like the energy of this whole hearing. And it's very interesting, again, to see somebody who is so like... You know, uh, I guess it really underscores how performative all the shit is when you're when you're like one of these like rabid MAGA folks, like where in public you're doing all this. You get in a hearing, you're saying like, "Oh, I don't know,
4: Um, politically." It it sounds uh, so much like the Alex Jones depositions. It's right. just like the big bloviating character on the stand where you can't, where like they will have follow-up questions and like you yeah. are being stopped and you aren't in charge. It's like, ooh, look how quickly the bravado all goes away because you can't just like yeah. lie and move on. It's right.
0: <laughs> and in like a one-way conversation where everything you say is not challenged mm-hmm. and just taken at face value. And then you're like, yeah, it's trade going on. They stole the election. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah.
1: Yeah, there is something uh, just very relieving mm-hmm. about that because it, it reminds you, oh, the, the thing that is like so frustrating and demoralizing about watching these people in public, your Alex's Jones, your mm-hmm. uh, MTGs, is what they're doing is illegal <laughs> and mm-hmm. and they're acting like it's not and then everyone mm-hmm. else around them is like it's not illegal you're you're uh, nazi and uh just like seeing them in a court of law being like oh damn my bad you 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 asked a question and i lied to it so that's where that happened. i mean sorry. i think because
0: the sound of that l starting up of going uh, can you please uh, pull up uh, oh, Plaintiff's Exhibit 5? Oh, five? oh okay, well, okay, okay, hold on, hold on now, hold on. We don't, gotta do, we don't, gotta do, we don't have to do all that now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so it's right? to
4: show that. Just believe me, believe me. <laughs>
1: and like right. the thing that you always suspect about her is that like she's play acting as like she's a child pretending to be a uh, politician in some ways. <laughs> like that's the mm-hmm. vibes you get. And like here it feels like she is a child pretending to be in a courtroom scene that she's like seen on a uh, you know, soap opera or something. And right. then uh <laughs> so she does the eh, that's speculative and uh yeah. diminutive and I <laughs> the cannot allow question, further honor. uh I never said that. Right. Oh, my bad. She's like, hold on, let me put oh, on my you mean barristers league like and shit. Like yeah. in reality, reality. Okay, okay. Can we
4: cut to commercial, please? Can we please cut to commercial? <laughs> yeah. Please what? cut to. I don't know what to happen. Uh, a line, line, <laughs> line.
0: Um, the to stop the steal, huh? So yeah. you and you couple that too. Like that's been sort of all of the energy for a lot of the big maga stars, like Matt Gates, Marjorie mm-hmm. Taylor Green, uh, Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn. They were raising. So much money at the be- like towards the beginning of Biden's administration, off the heels of January 6th because they were really they weaponized or monetized that grievance to the point where they were pulling in millions of dollars. Yeah, a year later, it's a very different situation. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene is operating at a three hundred fourteen thousand dollar loss. Uh, mm, a lot of praise. people look at Madison Cawthorn spending. They're like. This doesn't make sense. Same with Lauren Bobert, although mm-hmm. she's somewhat consistent, but even then they're like, "Hold on, you paid like 400 grand to this like media firm and like <laughs> but your social media posts look like you just are taking selfies? Like what what's going on here?" There's a lot of question yeah. marks over them. And on top of it, you know, people like um Bobert and Cawthorn, they're facing prime they're, they're getting primary too. And like there's they're looking at real messy primary challenges. Yeah. So it's odd to see that just like the rhetoric of stop this deal isn't, it's just that part definitely is fizzling. And and I, I underline that point with the next part because in Georgia where Brian Kemp, governor Brian Kemp is getting primary, like, you know, he's facing a primary challenge from David Perdue, who is that terrible Senator who lost to John Ossoff at the, the was that 2021,
1: 2020
0: Mm -hmm. Um, right now. So Perdue is being backed by Trump. Like, he has the full force of MAGA behind him. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some polls that show him twenty-four points behind Brian Kemp. Mm. And feels it's probably so be- good. Yeah. Which is I mean, it's then you're like, God, I mean, it feels so good that he's they're like I guess Brian the the Georgia voters, they're not necessarily as concerned with what Brian Kemp hasn't done, because that's yeah. all Purdueist. I'm like, you didn't help Trump steal election. You didn't do this. You. Did. They're like, yeah, but he has a pretty steady fare of homophobic and racist bills that are more than enough for our palates. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're starting to see that even when you have someone who's fully endorsed, like you got the Trump endorsement, he went up to their, they had a debate on over the weekend, and the first thing out of fucking David, like David Perdue's mouth was, uh, the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump was like the first thing he said in his governor's debate. Brian Kemp said, I will never, he's like, he's like, I will be your governor and I will never let Stacey Abrams be governor or president on my watch. And people were like, yeah, there you go. Racism. Racism and misogyny. You kept, you're talking about the old hits. We don't even care about anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, Uh, because because the thing the 2020 election is the thing that like is most important to trump because you know part of him like doesn't give a fuck about all the things that he rode to power on like the you know racism and populism as much as he just as he cares about them in so far as they serve him Mm -hmm. and so i just feel like he's not going to be able to Um, internalize the message of like this whole movement needs to like get back to basics or you're going to lose because he's already like been there. And like the only thing left for him is for him to feel like he got there because of how like cute and funny he is and not the, the stuff that people actually cared about is my hope is that like that, that's a lesson he can't learn.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's like not ideological whatsoever. Like he has zero actual (laughs) policies that he cares about it's just about whatever he says to get him to get himself there and i don't know if that will you know it seems to be a losing point which is nice yeah
0: and i think and every there's always like when we talk about it too it's like is he losing his grip on the party Mm. like what's his influence over the party i honestly, it just seems like his own obsession with revenge Mm -hmm. and his Mm -hmm. ego has just completely (laughs) destroyed his own ability to message like yeah it's, comp- it's, like new- it's like self-neutralizing because he's mm-hmm. so hung up on this thing. And he's trying to tell his people who are like his followers, like, okay, yes, sir, I will go out with the same grievances you have. And people are like, what? Like, right. no, nah, I don't – that's not really – that just doesn't hit the same way. And yeah. I think the other part of it, too, is because he's out of office, it's that these people that are like Brian Kemp, like Ron DeSantis, like Greg mm-hmm. Abbott – They're the ones out there putting fucking bills on paper and causing the real harm. And I think there's like that level that like lack of like, you know, potency that Mm -hmm. also like works on voters as they look at Trump. It's like, well, yeah, he's like, we love him. But these are people making it fucking real fucked up for people out there right now. And I think that also has like it's subtly working on voters, too, to see him as less of a leader just by virtue of him not being in office
4: yeah well and he like it's like he he did have like a he had a stranglehold on the news cycle when he was still president and not having that place to come from every day with something new it's like he doesn't his his he's blips every once in a while now yeah. he doesn't have that same power position and i can't imagine his ego would allow him to acknowledge the reality of that
2: yeah so he's and still operating
4: from top and it's yeah. like mm, no nah, man you're not
0: <laughs> because we've seen just from like the The Kevin McCarthy tapes, the text Mm -hmm. messages, they don't, you know, Republicans don't like him, but also no, they don't can't publicly dislike him. So I'm curious, really, what's going to happen when this 2024 candidacy candidacy stuff becomes more real, how the party begins to move or just see what the response is, whether or not people are sort of like, yeah, you know, thanks so much for making it okay to just be out this openly hateful and a bigot. Like, that's really what you did for us. And now we've got some other people who are kind of maintaining that same energy but seem like better candidates for us. I don't know if it's going to take that turn. Or they just all fall in line. And they're like, yes, whatever. You, yeah, sure. Just go ahead. I'll drop out. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, I think it's also like they they benefited from having such a buffoon in the figurehead place because they could do so much that nobody was looking at it because everyone was just looking at him because he mm-hmm. just wanted all the oxygen in the room. So like, it just depends if they still think that that is a good strategy or not i mean hopefully who fucking knows
1: right it it doesn't Uh, it really like comes down to whether he thinks it's a good strategy because like nobody can tell him anything i think that's an underrated Mm -hmm. detail uh is that like at least when when in his first rise to power he had Mm -hmm. like bannon and people who would like give him Mm -hmm. honest feedback i guess uh Mm -hmm. you know Uh, that he was bouncing off of and now it just seems like he is completely out on his own on an island just only hearing what he wants to hear like
4: well and it's he splintered a lot of his people with like coming out eventually being like people should get vaccinated and stuff too so it's like you have like called people like it's like okay you you have this like big chunk of people that are like angry they think that was stolen from you they're like not vaccinated and he's like he's chipping them off in different ways by like going back on certain things like he isn't he isn't driving the uh the opinions of everybody anymore the way that he was because like for so long it was just like oh this new guy on the town but now he's had to like he's had to divide you know He's
1: already yeah. a small minority.
0: And, yeah. and I think especially when we saw like the booze that he got for talking about vaccines at rallies, mm-hmm. that sort of began the normal normalization of, yeah, he can be wrong. And I can also agree with this other person that's a Republican who's doing it better in this aspect. And so it's mm-hmm. not like they're against him. But now it's yeah. just dilutes his power more when exactly. like moments like that come up.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: All yeah. right. Let's take uh, another quick break and we'll come back and talk about the multiverse.
0: And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
2: Pitches
4: being
3: me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute Without Parent,
5: only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: And we're back. And um, as as we've discussed before, I love. Tracking like the national shared consciousness through what movies we all choose to watch and like commit to memory. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with like when I was working at Cracked and we were publishing a lot of new articles and like myth debunking, I found that a lot of the myths were based on just things that showed up in movies, like people's version of like what happens in outer space. Was based on what they had seen in movies in outer space, so like I, I think like movies really, you know, cement into our brain uh, in ways that are probably slightly underrated. Um, and there's been like two movies that have been kind of anom- uh, anomalously successful in the past couple of years. Uh, one not very unexpected, the Spider-Man multiverse one, um, where they got to bring back all the. Uh, old spiders men and all the old villains. Uh, and then another one, everything everywhere all at once, uh, which like is still getting like doing bigger and bigger numbers every weekend. And like nobody, I can't imagine anybody saw it coming. It's like an indie film from the makers of Swiss army knife, man, uh, Swiss army man, Swiss army man, which is, you know, the the only thing I heard about that movie when it came out is that I think the kid who plays Harry Potter like farts his dead body across the ocean at yeah, one point. He's a,
0: surf, he's a farting surfboard. So,
1: <laughs> Sweet. Like, yeah, but I think the things that those two movies have in common is they're both like about the multiverse, um, mm-hmm. like from a the subject of the plot is the multiverse and it's also like defines the structure of the movie. And I don't know. I like it. Obviously, like this is not a new concept that has like never been explored before. But it is. You know, there was a previous Spider-Man movie into the Spider Verse that was more successful than people expected it to be. But it wasn't like the most successful movie like uh, in movie theaters of the year or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And. You know that they, they, we've been covered in like TV and movies and uh, mainly comic books. Comic books were using multi uh, multiverse plots for a long time, but now it like feels like it's like boiled up to a complete national obsession, um, which I think like from a narrative perspective makes sense uh, because it allows you to do like fun stuff and also kind of easy stuff. that, like. It, every every plot thread like doesn't need to cohere um but the concept the concept is like complicated it's you know when you try and explain it coherently in words uh it's usually a mess so i I don't know i think go ahead
0: i mean I, i when when you think about it is what what do you think is drawing people to the idea is it just that it's it's our own sense of powerlessness that the idea that mm-hmm. even though I'm experiencing this reality, I know that these other ones are possible and that's what I'm I can soothe my wounds by having that sort of imagination or what what, I think, what do you sort of
4: I think that's true. I think people are like, Well, I'm not gonna retire but somewhere somewhere some version of me is gonna get to retire and that just because like there is such a powerlessness in feeling like you know, change happening in, in this, in this universe. I think that is like a, a way to, uh, a way to disassociate and feel a little powerful about it. Yeah.
1: Maybe the Daniels, right. the the um, filmmakers behind everything everywhere all at once had like a pretty interesting uh, analysis where they're saying, uh, I'll just read a direct mm-hmm. quote. When I think about an infinite number of universes, I just think about meaning and narrative breaking down. Uh, but there's something about the multiverse that's relatable these days when everybody is living out a multiple living out multiple lives on the internet depending on which username and platform you're on and you're also mm-hmm. stumbling into other people's bubbles and subcultures so there's something about it that feels not that high concept um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah no i mean i think that is that's why, like, even for a movie like that, despite it being a heady concept of, like, to grapple with, like, the quantum physics of what a multiverse is and the infinite amount of outcomes that are possible and things like that, it it's just very, it's just very simply, I think, it just taps in, I think, to this idea of, like, we all have of looking at our lives and asking what if,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, like, just using that as, like, sort of, like, our foundational understanding of... Like a multi, you know, like what if, what if my life changed at this point? Like, what? How does the, how does it fork off there? What happens if I did this at that point? How would it fork off there? And I think that's like a really, it's a very elegant way of getting into that the film does. But I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, part of me, I think the reason I'm interested is because for as a kid, so often I would really think of like, what if that happened instead of this, Mm -hmm. and then this, and then this, or like the first time I saw a time travel film where there were consequences that even gave me like that imagination, like. Holy shit like your life is your life is like thousands of fucking moves where mm. a, one thing could fucking deviate from you know what you think you have now
1: yeah. Oh, for
4: sure. I remember being a kid and being in like fifth grade, just being like, "What if every A I got was actually an F, and everyone thought I was stupid? What would I do then?" <laughs> I remember, <laughs> or like if every decision was the opposite. I was like, "What if my parents hated me and didn't love?" Right. Me? And I'd be like, "How do you survive if that is you know it just was like weird survival shit?" I would put myself through.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had like a not not really like a near death experience, but like I my friend uh, who's very drunk, like pulled me back from being in front of a speeding bus. Like at the last mm-hmm. second, it went by my nose and like, <sighs> I've like, <sighs> I I'm like, Oh, I'm probably dead in like 95% of the, the universes <laughs> right. that resulted from that. Um, right. and so, yeah, I've always, since I heard like the quantum machine gun, like, uh, mm-hmm. quantum suicide and all, all that, uh, quantum immortality, like all those thought experiments, I've been very interested in it. Um, but that like takes an entire show to like e- explain all that shit. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, that's, w- so like that, I guess that's what I'm like wondering is like our, there, there's also like really interesting physics at the, at the core of it. Like one of the m- most, uh, biggest mysteries in modern science is how, like when they look at an electron at like the quantum level, it can be spinning in two directions at the same time and Mm -hmm. like that from that comes like all the like schrodinger's cat and like all those different ideas where like a cat can be both alive and dead at the same time and like everything exists in a cloud of probability um and like that stuff is all like some of the most interesting ideas like and thinking happening in the world in my opinion. And it's interesting that like, even though you can't like really use words to explain that to people in a coherent way, like our movies have just like kind of leapt to that and been like, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. But like this, this kind of feels like how things actually work. Right. And there's like a part of our minds where we're just like, yeah, it does. Like, it's just really resonating. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: I just, i i think i the other part of the multiverse idea right is it, it i don't know man like it it, it can kind of help you feel like you make more sense of the chaos of of life as it is you yeah, know like mm-hmm. and i think that's a really it's another part of it of like you know right if things can be bad or good or whatever then they can be this antithesis in another place But I don't know if that helps people, like, give more meaning to their life or less meaning, like, because it becomes, like, fantastic or whatever to sort of, like, really sort of sit with that and, like, be like, oh, I wonder if, you know, what my life would be like like this or this is a better way to sort of look at things. But um, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, it it just seems like that, like you're saying, like, it it taps into something where many people feel a certain, like, it's like a a feeling that a person has but can't quite articulate it or articulates it in many different ways, but kind of comes back to this central thing.
4: Yeah. And I think it's also a way to kind of just be like, you know, this version of me didn't do X, but maybe somewhere else I did do that thing. And we are so defined by like, you know, our productivity or whatever it's like some ver- some version of Brandy Posey did do stand up on Conan O'Brien you know what I mean right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and that means that I get to use that credit too god damn it uh. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> here's my multiverse credits oh yeah yeah your multiverse exactly.
4: I'm, I'm credits v- I'm very successful uh, over yeah. there
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you would we probably would have met because at that point I probably you probably would have just been for name casting me by yes. name casting me for this stuff but yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, Best exactly. Picture in 2027.
4: Yep. 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 Exactly. Playing exactly. cards,
1: right? Will you guys see a movie like Everything Everywhere All At Once or the Spider Man No Way Home, is that the multiverse one? The most recent one?
4: I don't know. Yeah. I I felt released from all things Marvel after uh, the last uh, Avengers movie, and I yeah. haven't been back
1: since. Which was also a <laughs> multiverse movie. Wasn't it was. It? Yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah. Like that was the, yeah, the time were, travel of it. Yeah. Um. I like do you when you see that is there anything inside you that's like that probably is how things are or do you feel like I'm watching a plot contrivance like that just makes it easier to
4: I think it's like it kind of falls into like a, a category for me that is very like um it, it like I like I never I, I never want to say like oh this is what I th- I know to be happening or whatever but it's very right. much like oh cool like I get why people are spiritual and like multiverse stuff kind of falls into that too where it's like yeah if this concept like brings you comfort or empowers you in this moment cool um but like don't be concrete on things one way or the other, but it's like, it's kind of like a prop towards you, like feeling like a whole person kind of, I I
0: think, I think I would, I have to look at a multiverse thing and not use that as a way to like, soothe my pain around a regret. Right. Right. I think that's one way you can Mm -hmm. look at it like, Oh my God, because you see like, you, you could have been the version where, mm-hmm. you know, Kihoi Kwan was like the dreamy guy, you know, like was doing his thing even though he wanted to be with her or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Rather than I can look at that and be a little more philosophical and try and look at it to say that your life actually has infinite potential. Mm-hmm. You know, if all of these things are possible in a multiverse theory, like then you you do have you there there you can't count out the ways in which your life can play out to your benefit or even be aware to the ways that, you know, things mm-hmm. might not go the right way. So I think that's kind of how I would I would take that in. Sometimes, like, a multiverse thing can be used as, like, a total deus ex machina type thing in a script. Right. And you're like, okay, because mm-hmm. there, there's a fucking multiverse. Oh, yeah. great. Um, but I think some of these other films do it in a better way that are, I think kind of help us you know, see our, our lives in a little more of like a poetic way, if
4: anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will never forget the first time I saw it. It's not, not multiverse necessarily, but the first time I saw men in black and at like the end where they like pull back and like right. our galaxy is just one marble on like a right. fucking marble game. <laughs> yeah, that This giant right. thing is playing. I mean, I was like in eighth grade or something and I was like, whoa, I, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. And like ever since, yeah, it's just like one of those like, oh, like, any of this stuff, I think anything that I think makes you realize how tiny your position in the universe is is ultimately a good thing, because if you can embrace that, uh, it can take away the pressure that like society puts on us. Yeah, and I think it's just nice to just feel a little bit more like, oh, OK, and everything yeah. is swirling chaos around me. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a fucking plaything for a yeah. three-fingered alien on some playground far yeah. far
4: away. <laughs> exactly. Kind of
1: nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie Shu uh who is incredible in everything everywhere all at once uh had a like pretty good summary of like its relation to the spiritual modern spiritual condition. She said even though we're in a semi-nihilist time, I think there is a resurgence of spirituality Which I think is definitely true And then saying mm-hmm. just feeling like What is the this whole life thing Why did I choose that path Oh my gosh I was just thinking of this person Then they called me five minutes later mm-hmm. it Feels like we are operating sometimes On a frequency outside of our physical plane It's also a very confusing time So a multiverse story is a way of tapping Into this question of Why is this reality the way it is Is it the only reality And does it work So mm-hmm. yeah I don't know
0: imagination ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. think of something different, something better.
1: And then uh our writer, Jam McNabb, wanted me to uh acknowledge that Sliders was a TV show, Sliders. We Jerry saw it. Yeah, 1995 mm-hmm. to 2000. Um but that was a show about like teenagers uh mm-hmm. who for some reason like hot teenagers were the people who could access uh different parts of the multiverse. Like slide in between alternate realities, and um they are possibly doing a reboot. So, um, he, yeah. He wanted okay. to make sure I mention that.
4: Well, Star Trek Discovery, the new the new Star Trek, also has like a lot of multiverse um stuff, especially in the first season. That's very cool. Like yeah. It's, yeah, It's in the Zeit. It's in the Daily Zeitgeist, guys. It
1: is. This <laughs> we is we all we, should like, be talking we got to now, it like a
4: couple
0: years later. See, we're on top of it.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder also if this is just like you mentioned back to the future, which I hadn't really even associated with, uh, being a multiverse thing, but like that idea is very clearly represented in that movie in a very crude way where Mm -hmm. like suddenly your hand disappears from a photograph that is just there with like one person instead of two. Like what was that one person doing in that picture? Uh, (laughs) Um,
0: Wow, that's a weird picture of me.
1: <laughs> just yeah, just, like that, just with, uh, my- with my arm hovering in the air like it's around <laughs> someone. We them um, there exactly. But well, isn't I wonder a- if this has like been the gestation yeah. period for that idea, and like oh, of now course. it's people are just like, oh yeah because i think we all
0: we all talked about even thinking of this as children right right Mm -hmm. like like i said even i didn't realize what i was saying i was referencing back to the future when i saw the like consequences of time travel is when Mm -hmm. i even began to even conceptualize as a kid holy shit like one thing can fucking change everything down the road good or bad and yeah i mean
4: Mm -hmm. well this is the whole like kind of plot basically of like rick and morty too right
1: is yeah, that, like, Rick, Rick and Morty. Yeah,
4: just like discovers a way to travel between different universes and fucks them all up and burps, burps a lot. <sighs> he burps yeah. in every universe. Makes when I mentioned
1: TV shows exploring it, I was specifically r- referencing like Dan Harmon, Community shit, and also Rick and Morty, and uh, but yeah. yeah, Sliders. I don't, I do not mm-hmm. want to engage in Sliders erasure because yeah, it was a show. It yeah. did happen. You know what I'd like to do?
4: Back. I'd like to slide into different dimensions and try sliders in different dimensions.
1: Yeah. yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah.
4: How are Just, we improving the burger, the tiny burger in other dimensions?
0: The most high concept show, it's it, <laughs> you're going to other dimensions. To, you're sliding to other dimensions to try sliders.
4: Yeah. Listen, listen, Instead Food of, Network. Yeah. I, yeah. I am pitching this right now on the Daily Zeitgeist. <laughs> is I want to slide for sliders into right. other places. I'll Co-host- bring a camera crew.
0: Co host Jonathan Gold and Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a sick show. You're going to love this shit.
4: <laughs> yeah. Bring the show
0: it. back is what you need to say. <laughs> yeah. Bring the show back. Yes. You're like, I'm sorry, did it ever exist? Oh, it did.
4: Oh, it existed. <laughs> it
0: <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest yeah. pitch meeting ever. They're it's like, not all hot dog
1: know. fingers. Sometimes it's just a hamburger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Hamburger totally. TV shows. Thank um, you. Well, Brandy, such a pleasure having you. Uh, where can people oh, find you. you, follow you, all that good stuff?
4: Sure, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle, and I am uh, begrudgingly on TikTok at Brandazzle is here because uh, somebody else has my my username on there. Um, all I ever post are uh, me changing my 12 foot skeleton costumes on TikTok, uh, and they they do also get posted on my Instagram too. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I've got – if you use bands in town, you can follow me on there, Brandy Posey, for tour dates that eventually will start back up this year. Uh, My podcast, Lady to Lady, is every Wednesday, but we also do a monthly uh, Zoom show on the first Sunday of every month. That's very fun, and we have, like, cool guests, and we get, like, weird variety acts. Like, we have, like, a a balloon – making clown that's going to make us a bunch of weird shit this month so and we just do nice. a lot of weird stuff over there um and then i also produced uh an album uh called burn this pandemic that's coming out later this year and it's raising money for sila where it's uh, 20 comedians uh doing like 3 minute pandemic sets of just like burning their pandemic material just like all in <laughs> one place basically <laughs> yeah. and um that'll come out later this summer so follow me on all the places and that's got people like um like jamie Loftus is on that like chris gethard chris estrada like a lot of people matt lieb uh like a lot oh, of people that i been on the show it's a great yeah. it's a really great lineup it was a super fun night to record um and all the profits from it are going for a good cause so follow me on all the things to find out when that drops
1: cool yeah wow. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
4: Uh, yeah, I've, I have two things. Uh, on Instagram, there is an account called Zillowtastrophes, and it's a woman that just <laughs> finds like the craziest houses in the market and then just walks you through them. And it's just fun to know that I'll never own a real house, but to see people that have squandered the opportunity of having one <laughs> is nice. <laughs> um and then also today is the um uh, Steve Donzinger just got uh released uh from his like nine hundred and ninety-three days of house arrest. If you guys don't know his story wow. or not. Yeah. Uh and today he like the, he has posted a picture on his Twitter of like him holding up his like release paperwork wow. and he's like he's a free mm-hmm. man for the first time in years. And that like it hit a special spot seeing that this morning too. So
1: he's the lawyer who got put in mm-hmm. house arrest for, and then actual jail, I think for, uh, <sighs> for prosecuting Chevron and prosecuting like- <laughs> Chevron, like proving yeah. that they were guilty. Yep. It's yeah, truly a wild story.
0: Oh, what if you were guilty is how much power <laughs> they have Maybe. as a fucking company. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, what? yeah, his story is like terrifying to see, but it's just like I'm very happy for him to finally be out. He's having like a big block party tonight, and it's just very like, um, you know, happy for him. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying?
0: Oh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the the Basketball Podcast Mad Boosties. Check that yeah, yeah. out with Jack and I, and also for Twenty Day Fiance uh, with Sophia Alexandra. Um, let's see some tweets that I (laughs) some Mm. tweets that I like. Let's see, let me find one. Uh, okay, yes, this is from Steve Monticelli at Steven uh, Steve or Steve Vanzetti on Twitter. Uh, tweeted, Remember, folks, if Elon Musk buys Twitter, it will be up to us to make sure the value of this platform plummets to unprecedented and potentially bankruptcy inducing lows. So yeah, look, if it comes to that, we're going to have to get organized on Twitter and just burn (laughs) it down. Um, And then Brody Reed tweeted, uh, (laughs) Air One, a place to stay. Get your booty on the floor tonight. Make my day. (laughs) Um, Just, (laughs) I like swapping in Air One for that one.
1: That's great. Um, Amazing. Man, the business world is so horny about this Elon Musk. News, God, oh, yeah. Truly stunning. He's done it. It's like fucking 96 Jordan finals for these losers. <laughs> right, right, um, right. <laughs> anyways, we will have talked about that on uh, yesterday's trending. Um, tweet I've been Probably enjoying. Jason Mott tweeted, Remember, it took four unsuccessful mambos before we got mambo number five. Be patient mm. with yourself. Um, and then... Uh, I also enjoyed Sarah J. tweeting. There's honestly plenty of worms. You don't even need to get up early for them. Um, mm. <laughs> you can I like find.
4: The, I like the multiverse where Mambo Number One hit <laughs> number one.
1: Mambo Number One was huge, actually, Oof. for me personally. But that was like I was I was real into the the deep cuts at that mm. point in my life. Um,
0: can you imagine? But, like, in that version, too, the lyrics are all screwed up because, like, it's not, he just, he's not even, it's like, one, 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 everybody get down for Mambo number one. And you're like, wait, what?
5: Fuck, there's
1: no five. Like, a lot of the rhymes are all fucked up in this now. <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at jack o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website yeah. dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes Footnote. we're we off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy uh miles what song do we think people might enjoy
0: this is a track off the new Pusha T album. It's almost dry. Came out Friday, but the first track is a time machine because mm. it's a Pharrell beat with Pusha T, and I feel like it's just it's 2004 or whatever. Like last time when Neck and Wrist came out, I was like, it's 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 good for the old millennial rap fans. Uh, and yes, the first track on the album is pretty good, and yeah, the rest of the album's not bad too. So this is Brambleton by Pusha T.
1: Mm, hell yeah. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for us this morning. Uh, But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get.